Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, January 13th. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. The mayor just returned from Los Angeles where she attended the premiere of HBO's new season of The Last of Us shot right here in Calgary. We asked the mayor about the impact TV and film productions have economically for our city. Next week, you can sign up to take advantage of Alberta's affordability measures, but who qualifies and do these measures go far enough? We discussed the program with Bradley LaFortune, Executive Director of Public Interest Alberta. One of the biggest names to come out of Calgary has to be Brett the Hitman Hart. We catch up with the Wrestling Hall of Famer for his thoughts on the current crop of wrestling superstars and why he still chooses to call Calgary his home. And finally, ready to tackle that home improvement project this year? We speak with former CFLer turned home renovation specialist Sebastian Clovis to get advice to help you get started and to hear details on his latest HGTV show, Gut Job. Well, she hit the red carpet this week for the premiere of The Last of Us, a TV show shot right here in Calgary and surrounding areas. So from Tinseltown back to Calgary, Mayor Jyoti Gondek is back with us for the first time in 2023. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Welcome to QR Calgary. Good morning, Sue and Andy. Congratulations on QR Calgary and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. Just uh, just to make sure that you're totally aware, still on 770 AM and now on FM at 107.3 on your dial, Mayor. Oh, double duty. That's, that's called a plug, <laughs> that's, Madam Mayor. That is what that is. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about, kind of about that just to kick things off though. How important do you think it is, you know, having strong broadcasting voices in the city of Calgary to make sure that this, the people who live in this city and surrounding areas know what's going on and know they're getting the information they need is, is accurate. Oh, it's absolutely critical. And that's why I have so much respect for um, the reporters and journalists in our city. Um, everyone does some really amazing work and gets the news out to people the way that people want to consume it. Some people like to read, some people like to listen to the radio. There's the TV fans. And all of you in the broadcast community in our city are professionals doing some really great work. So thank you for what you do every day. All right. I'm going to switch. You. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm here about the business. Of it. <laughs> uh, this is this is outstanding because I have some friends in the film and TV business, and I know that a lot of fans are familiar with The Last of Us. What an incredible program. It airs on HBO back again, but this underscores how we're becoming Hollywood North here in Calgary, Madam Mayor. You were in Los Angeles for the premiere of The Last of Us, the new season. Tell us about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, when I was down there in September talking to a lot of the streaming services and, and film and TV uh, production houses, they said that, you know, we should try to make an effort to come down when we can to get a little bit more exposure. And at that point, I was pretty happy to be representing Alberta. It was a pleasure to meet with the Consul General down there and a lot of the executives. This time, um, we got a big shout out from the stage before the uh, the premiere started and uh, we were thanked for being great locations within which to film. Both the mayor of Edmonton and I were there uh, representing the province, and I can tell you that people are excited about the film-friendly nature of our province and our city, and they're interested in uh, coming to check out more opportunities. And so, you know, I'm hopeful that we will continue to do more great work. Financially, is the film industry important for Calgary and Alberta as a whole? Yeah, it's incredibly important. Um, we are the fourth major metropolitan center right now in Canada for film and TV production. I hope we can move our way up to third and eventually first. This production is the biggest one in our province and I think in the nation. And, um, you know, that's, that's a big impact. We are at about half a billion dollars right now in the city 
and we want to grow over time to be a billion-dollar um, industry in our city. Want to uh, still talk entertainment, but move from film and TV to live events. And uh, looking at the release here, the Chinook Blast is back. Uh, Calgary's Winter Festival having a lot of fun with music, light, and art installations kicking off the 27th right through February 12th. So glad to have that back. It goes to show not only, you know, what we're watching on our TVs and movie theaters, but arts in the city of Calgary. The importance of having them back, Madam Mayor. Yeah, art and sport. I mean, we are all so excited for <laughs> Chinook Blast because there's going to be all kinds of performances. Um, yesterday, we got a sneak peek at uh, Tatusa's Crew, which is incredible Indigenous performances. Um, there's going to be three markets this year, an Indigenous market, Asian market, as well as Market Collective. Um, we are going to have the first drag on ice in Alberta on February the 11th. And the good folks at uh, Sport Calgary are going to be um, putting on a little workshop where you can try out all kinds of winter sports. So do check it out. Chinook Blast will be great this year. Yeah, it's a ton of fun for sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, Stats Canada. There were some recent, uh, re- recent data released that Calgary is losing its greenness. Do you think that's true? And, and if so, you know, how do we kind of get back on track with that? You know, I haven't dug into uh, the data and the metrics by which they did this research, and I'm a little bit surprised. Um, I can tell you that back in the day that I was a researcher, we have some of the most um, well-preserved green spaces in Canada. The fact that we have Nose Hill Park and Fish Creek Park, mm-hmm. um, that was like pretty significant. I think sometimes the comparison issue is that they're looking at the actual metropolitan area when they're talking about Vancouver or Toronto and Calgary is the entire unicity that encompasses all of the neighborhoods that extend to our boundaries. So, you know, I don't have the full information, but I'm quite surprised by that. We have um, a mandatory 10% of all new development has to include green spaces. So I've got to dig into this a bit more. I'm going to put you to work now, uh, Mayor mm-hmm. Gondek. Last year when we spoke, uh, put a cap on 2022. We look back. Now, our first time speaking with you in 2023, can you give us an idea of what you and Council have on your radar and hope to, you know, in every single item, by the way, itemize, um, <laughs> hope to accomplish in 2023? What are some of the main goals of Council? Well, we remain focused on the economy. Um, as a local government, one of the things that we continue to do is push forward our downtown revitalization strategy. I was really happy to see that um, the value of our downtown properties is rebounding. That's always a good news story for us. And uh, the market confidence and private sector confidence in converting a lot of office space to residential continues to be quite bullish. Uh, We are also incredibly focused on making sure that all Calgarians have a place to live with dignity. So housing affordability will be top of mind for council. And just really making sure that Calgarians have access to amenities that they need and want in the places where they live and work. Okay, we're going to hold you all on task with these things that you just mentioned, so that's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Just to end things on a bit of a lighter note, today, in case you didn't check the calendar, is Friday the 13th. Do you have any weird superstitions, whether today or just every day of the year? No, but a friend of mine just sent me a message and said that there's people that feel that our souls are boiled in different cauldrons over time and that's how they pop into our bodies and friday the 13th should be a celebration of finding those people with whom you share a soul so i thought that was weirdly oh, wonderful i like that never heard yeah. that take this morning so we nope, appreciate me it neither. all right well thank you so much and uh, happy friday the 13th for you mayor gonda happy friday the 13th to you and have a great weekend you too catch up next week that is uh, calgary mayor jody gondek
Do you and your family qualify for Alberta's affordability measures? Joining us to talk about it and break down what Albertans need to know before applying for the provincial money next Wednesday, we're joined this morning by Brad LaFortune, Director, Executive Director of Public Interest Alberta. Good morning to you, Bradley. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Nice to be here. Okay, tell us a little bit about this program. I know I think a lot of people are confused about it and who's going to be able to get it and when and how. A lot of details to come out. So the program itself, what is it meant to do? Sure. So the program itself was announced in November, going back to last year. And the government basically, you know, was responding to a lot of concerns they were hearing over the past couple of years about affordability and people being able to make ends meet. And so they put together a package that is worth about $2.8 billion. But essentially what it's going to do is provide $100 per month uh, for seniors, ACE recipients and other income support recipients and, you know, uh, families for children under the age of 18 with some temporary relief for six months, $100 per month going into the next uh, six months. And what we understand as as of two days ago i believe is that people will be eligible to apply through a new online portal on january 18th in a few days so you apply through the portal do we have any idea on how quickly we'll start to see these monies if we're eligible brad right so the ucp government is saying people will be receiving payments you know by the end of the month maybe into february the plan is to have it in people's hands by the end of the month um you know that's um we're hopeful that will be the case, but it is a new online portal. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. No one's really tested it. Um, you know, we heard from the minister the other day, obviously, they're concerned about, you know, privacy and security and, you know, the speed of these payments getting out. But uh, it is a new system. So um, we're hoping that it works, but uh, we'll, we'll find out in a few days. Brad, in your opinion and coming from the perspective of public interest Alberta, do you think that these measures are going to have the desired effect? Do they go far enough? They just don't go far enough, uh, quite frankly, right? It's a little bit too little, too late. People have been waiting for two and a half months. By the time people see checks, it'll have been three months uh, for these initial payments. And, you know, I mean, we're all at the grocery store, right? Like, you know, we've all started to, you know, buy the thighs instead of the chicken breasts or, you know, even cut out some things altogether. So the inflation when it comes to groceries is just out of this world. Um, And that's been going on for a long, long time. So I, you know, from what we're hearing from our members, and, you know, our members tend to be, you know, working families, um, working class, middle class families who are saying, um, you know, 100 bucks a month. It's it's not nothing. It's 100 bucks, but um, costs are going up um, pretty significantly and have been for some time. So, um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, to answer your question, it, it's it's really not it's really not going to be enough, and it's going to be temporary relief. And so, what we were hoping for is a bit more of um, you know a comprehensive and, and thoughtful package that would you know address things like um, utility rates. Um, insurance costs and really ask some tough questions and, you know, get to the bottom of why it is that we're paying, you know, 20, 30 percent more for basic items at the grocery store. Um, but we're not really seeing that, although, you know, it, it, it isn't nothing. So I'll, I'll say that. Speaking with Bradley LaFortune, Executive Director at Public Interest Alberta. Surely, uh, Bradley, we're not the only province uh, trying to do something government-wise for our citizens during this tough economic time. How does this compare what you've seen to, to other provinces? Or would there be a better path that we could adopt or maybe borrow from other provinces? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great question, right? I mean, we always want to make sure that we're not reinventing the wheel just for the sake of it. So if you look at other provinces like, like BC, for example, when it comes to the rollout of this program, what they've chosen to do is they've elected to just use the, the online direct payment uh, system through the Canada Revenue Agency. So 
Um, you know, it's simple for people who have used that in the, in the past few years. And, you know, they have, they have an account. They'll receive their payments directly through that, through that system. Um, it's tried and tested. So in terms of the delivery, that's what, you know, British Columbia is doing. Um, our perspective is that, that would have been um, just fine and probably preferable for us to do because, um, you know, we're not sure how the system's going to work in a few days. But in terms of the programs themselves, we've seen slightly different approaches, but basically the same thing across the board. You know, affordability credits or direct payments to, uh, to families and individuals um, to try to bridge the gap in this period of really high inflation that appears to be, you know, actually, you know, there is, there are signs that it is easing over time and there, you know, there, there's some hope on the way there. Um, so, you know, Alberta's approach isn't radically different from other provinces in terms of the um, program itself. Um, at the same time, though, there are other sort of, you know, underlying issues that we are concerned about when it comes to, you know, um, the state of our, you know, of our public health care system and the accessibility of services for people as well, which are, you know, not unrelated at the end of the day. So a lot of stuff going on for sure. Yeah. And Brad, I know we're all kind of waiting for all the fine details, but just quickly before we let you go, we've got people texting in because everybody's so confused. Checks or direct deposit? Do we know that? And, you know, if you've signed up for something through CRA, that will not get you signed up for this automatically. You still have to sign up provincially, correct? That's my understanding mm-hmm. based on what we heard from the minister the other day. So to answer your, your, your second question first there, yeah, you're going to have to sign up. There's going to be an online portal. You can go to alberta.ca and, and, and check it out from there. It will be live as of January 18th, according to the minister. Um, so you, you will not be automatically signed up if you have a CRA account. Um, that's what we heard from the government. Um and so, you know, people are going to have to go there and sign up um, in, in a few days. And from there, what we're hearing is by the end of this month, people should be able to expect to see um, checks. Um, is it direct deposit or mailed? That's a really good question. If people don't have direct deposit set up or if they don't have access to, you know, online banking um, and they prefer or maybe they just prefer checks, that's something that, you know, <laughs> we're going to figure it out together, right? You're going to have to figure it out together. Yeah, there's a bit of confusion for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Bradley. We appreciate it. Not a problem. Have a great morning. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the chat. Bradley LaFortune, Executive Director at Public Interest Alberta. What they do online is PIA or PIAlberta.org. That's PIAlberta.org. Speaking to some of the biggest names in town as QR Calgary launches onto both AM and FM, well, few names are bigger than our next guest. He is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Wrestling wrestling royalty, Brett the Hitman Hart joins us this morning. Good morning to you, Brett. Well, good morning to you. Your ties run deep in the city of Calgary, so it's interesting to me because not only are you known globally, as the hitman. Not only are you known from your family ties in the wrestling world, but you are a Calgarian, died in the wool Calgarian. So when you look at your legacy, how important is the city of Calgary in the hitman's legacy? Well, I think all I can say is, you know, I think most people are pretty familiar with the fact that I, you know, I've had to travel all around the world to be, you know, the, the wrestling uh, star that I was back in the nineties in the and all that. But, uh, you know, I, I traveled to every city, 
you know, it's most most everywhere in the world. And uh, I still live in Calgary. You yeah. know, a lot of guys leave Calgary. They 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 live in the states or they come famous and move somewhere else. But I, I I've always lived in Calgary because Calgary's uh, to me it's the greatest place in the world. Wow, that's some high praise in the sense that you know you and I think you did demonstrate to a large extent, Brett, that you could have a global career and still have your home base here. Is is that something that appeals to you? That we can you can get anywhere from Calgary and you can still have that level of success living in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I just always felt Calgary had the right all the right ingredients. You know, like the weather we pay for it in the winter time. I know that, but uh, we also have the maybe the nicest summers anywhere. Um, so I, I think we, I, I've learned always that Calgary, you take the good with the bad, but it has so many beautiful things about it, like just the, just where it's situated and, uh, you know, the fact that we get Chinooks the way we do and, uh, you know, just the people here in Calgary have always been uh, just just really good, straight people, like just uh, people, solid people that you can rely on all the time. You know, if you break down the car, someone will help you. Calgary's a, a great place with a lot of good people talk about the growth that you've seen over your lifetime living in calgary brett in the sense that it was one of our hosts here kevin usselman who's on in the weekends here on this signal on qr calgary he said that he thought that calgary changed a bit uh when they hit the one million mark and i know that you know uh from back in the day now we're almost uh, reached out to one and a half million people does it still have that little town big city feel for you I still feel that it does. I, I, I actually remember saying that just a few just a few months ago that Calgary still has that small time little feel to it. <clears throat> At the same time, uh, it's got that big city feel too. It's and uh, you know, the, I think I always think about like when you drive through like from Bow Trail when you're driving into the city. And I know my 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 dad would have made that drive, and my brother Owen would have made that drive many times, and they'd be so blown away by how, how beautiful Calgary looks when you're driving into it into the city. Yeah. Same with this uh, stony trail that they just built that would go right behind my dad's house. <clears throat> I think my dad and uh, Owen and different uh, people would be just, that are not with us anymore, would be so blown away at how big Calgary has, has got and uh, what, an, what an amazing city it's turned into. You know, your family history and, of course, your ties to wrestling unforgettable uh, your time uh, in the the ring. Uh, I want to ask you about, you know, if if Bret Hart were to be coming up in 2023, would you do anything different? And uh, would you, how would you have to adapt the Hitman character in 2023? Ever think about stuff like that? You know, I don't know. I I like to think that, um, you know, that like maybe like Wayne Gretzky or somebody, you like to think you're timeless, that, uh, Uh That you could could have fit into any generation, and you would have played just as good in whatever season. You know, I I think I could have been a great wrestler today. Um, I still think that uh, if anything, the wrestlers from today need to go back and wrestle more like the guys from my era. But um, it's like <clears throat> I think that uh, Calgary, for whatever reason, because uh, wrestling was a, a big part of the life in Calgary here, going back to even the 1920s and stuff like that, 1930s. 1940s, 1950s. It was always, and then through my father, it was a, um, it was a part of. I believe it was a big part of the city and a, kind of the heritage here. You know, everybody grew up, and a lot of kids would get on, get catch a bus and go down to the Stampede grounds and watch the wrestling on any given Friday, any given night, kind of thing. It was just always like when you had absolutely nothing else to do, let's mm-hmm. go down and watch the wrestling. And 
it was a big part of everyone's lives. I met kids from all over the city and interacted with kids all over the city when I was just a young man at the Victoria Pavilion running around selling programs. But I, I was so interconnected with so many people from all over the city of Calgary that were all my age, but they were all seeing me on Friday at the wrestling matches. But it was, it's always been a, um, all my, all my memories and all my real joys have always been in Calgary and I, I could never leave here. Sounds great. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Brett. We very much appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for having me. That's amazing. He's just, uh, he's legendary. Just legendary, that the whole Hart family in the city of Calgary. But the fact that Brett stayed here and is still such a part of the community, I love it. Yeah, when he was referencing, uh, you know, Owen and Stu mm-hmm. and what they would think of the city today, that was stirring to me because we feel like we know them. They feel like family members, Owen Hart and, and, and Stu Hart. What are the biggest design trends for 2023? Joining us with expert insight ahead of this weekend's Calgary Renovation Show is HGTV host Sebastian Clovis. Good morning to you, Sebastian. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, before we get into some of the trends, because I know everybody wants to be on point if they're doing some renos to their home, they want it to look current. We'll get there in a second. But let's start with your background, because it's very interesting, Sebastian. How did you go from pro athlete to all-star builder. Give us give us a bit of your timeline there. Well, listen, it's a long story, but I'll get down to the bare bones for you. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like uh, or think that I went from football into building, and the truth is that I actually started building before I ever started playing football. I started building when I was about 14 years old. Uh, is when I got my first job on a renovation site. I started apprenticing with a, uh, with a master builder every summer. And then after high school, I took a year off. I was building in the renovation uh, industry for the for the whole year and then i got a scholarship uh down to mississippi to play football and from there i was drafted to uh the bc lions where i went on to play in the cfl for several years won a great cup and then you know as the time ticks and the the it started to get a couple of grades in it the knee started to give <laughs> out um you know i re- retired from the cfl and and uh got right back into renovations and, and i'm very happy about kind of being able to have that background before football started until I had something to lean on uh, once my CFL career came to an end. 2023, what are the trends that we should be looking at? You know, I think that there's, it's just an open board right now. Taking your favorite parts of different styles and mixing them in together and finding ways to uh, incorporate, uh, you know, different pieces from different places um, from a design standpoint of view. And of course, from renovation standpoint of view there's only one trend and that's just build properly and build for longevity um i think the the best designs and the best bills are the best dollars spent are the ones where you don't have to revisit the renovation uh to do it again in 10 years you know you can build it to last all right now of course any renovation comes with a cost so uh, how do you balance getting the renovation you want on style as well, like with, with, the, with the trends on trend, but also on budget. Tell us about how you deal with clients when it comes to that. You know, uh, transparency is everything when it comes to renovations from, from my perspective. Um, you know, being able to have an honest conversation about what it's likely going to cost uh given the factors that you can see in a renovation when you walk into the space of course you know as soon as you open up the walls you don't exactly know what's going to be there and what you're going to have to deal with but we can kind of guess and, and, and preempt it and then having those conversations with the homeowners and and homeowners having a realistic uh view on that and, and the idea that really 
when a contractor says it's, it's likely going to cost $80,000, it's going to probably cost around $90,000, $95,000, cost less. And so, uh, you know, what you don't want to get into is cutting corners or, or um, you know, having to postpone your builders because you can't pay because that can lead to other problems as well. And so one of the things that you can do to kind of mitigate those costs is, especially in today's world where the supply chain is a little bit slower for materials, it's more difficult to get things, you know, my suggestion to homeowners is to uh, jump ahead and order all of your finishes, especially your faucets and your hardware, your tiles, and all of those things before you start the renovation so that when your builder gets to those points, they have the pieces to install because they're just not as readily available. You can't get them as quickly. And so any pause in the renovation to wait for materials, that can really blow the budget right out of the water. And if if the builder doesn't have the pieces that they need to get the job done, then they're, they're waiting. And if they're waiting, they're probably taking other jobs. Obviously, you know, blow your schedule and blow your budget. So, you know, planning and ordering all of those pieces beforehand, that is definitely the way to be going in, in 2023. That's a great tip, Sebastian, and super timely, something we probably didn't even think about five years ago with the supply chain. Let's let's talk about this, because if you're looking long-term, you want that return on investment on your home. So I want to do a renovation that will come out on the end on the positive side. What are the best renos for my home that will give me that ROI? I don't think much has changed in terms of that. Kitchens and bathrooms are always going to give you a big bang for your buck. Here's my opinion on the the ROI uh, kind of uh, um, conversation. There's a lot of people in the past, in the you know, in the past ten years, that have been very concerned with what the house is going to sell for after they're finished living in it and when they move on. And what that does is it causes people to do renovations that are not for them. Generally speaking, they want to install a lot of white kitchens, white cabinets, just white plain so that whoever buys the house will will not be annoyed by the color or annoyed by the wallpaper that you've chosen for yourself. And so there's a lack of personality there. And, and, and in my opinion, I really feel like it's important to be renovating for yourself and not be too concerned with what the mm. ROI is going to be. Because to be honest with you, I have renovated so many all-white kitchens and bathrooms because somebody built that in thinking that it was going to help them in their sale. And then when somebody buys it, they just tear it out and build a new one anyway. So I think, I think it really is about building for yourself, for mm-hmm. your family, so you can be happy in that home while you're there. And believe me, when somebody comes to buy the house, they're buying the property because of the location. They're mm-hmm. buying the property because of, you know, what's, what is already there. And if they want to make changes, you can't preempt it. They're going to make their own changes. Yeah. So I think it's really about just being concerned with building a good quality home that works for you. And if it's quality, that's, that's what's going to be the best sale, um, the best ROI. Just before I let you go, season two of Gut Job, your show on HGTV, Sebastian, is currently filming. What can people expect about the, the new season when it drops? Man, you can expect the new season to be even better than the last season, which is which is a, a tall order because I'm very proud of that first season of the show. We have a lot of different builds um, going on in this show, and that's what we're trying to do. We have big $500,000 renovations. We have small $30,000 renovations. So there's something in there for everybody. Um, and we're trying to do... Uh, every different part of the house. We have kitchens, we have bathrooms, we have backyards. And uh, and I'll give you an inside track right here. This year, we even have a boat. So, you know, (laughs) we're really trying to get outside the box in terms of what type of renovations we're doing to give the viewers a great experience and and give them uh, lots to aspire towards. 
outside the box, even on a boat. Thank you so much, Sebastian. <laughs> we appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That is Sebastian Clovis, HGTV host. You can look for his uh, season two of his new show coming up, Gut Job. Gut Job. Love the name That's of that. That's great. But, you know, here's the thing. And I was saying before, you know, you're spending bucks for these renos. And, and I say, you know, I, I get jealous because I don't have a million bucks to put in my... You don't need that. You can get the inspiration from somebody like a Sebastian Clovis. And what an incredible story because he, he had really that, is quite had that background, yeah. took it with him after football, and uh, here he is, a long-standing host of HGTV. And, of course, the Calgary Renovation Show starts today. today yep. yep, today runs right through Sunday down at the BMO. So check it out. Usually, uh, yeah, if you, you go online, actually, calgaryrenovationshow.com, you can save $2 if you buy your tickets online through their website. So if you're going to go down and get some great ideas, that's the best way to do it. Well, it's a way to kick around town. Get on out. It's something to do. Yeah, for you get sure. your steps in because you're wandering around, yep. and maybe you get a little inspiration as well. As, as the kids say these days, inspo. Inspo, right. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.